Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 219 of our show. Thank you everybody for coming through in Twitch land and podcast land. I'm happy to see you all. Happy that you're all chilling with us this week. I'm here chilling with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes science look good, the man who makes tutoring look good, the man who makes mini froze look good, the man who makes the infinity stones look good. It is that man, the man, the myth, the legend, Sharif Jackson. How are you doing, sir? I'm sorry, little one. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I, I thought I had an infinity gauntlet, but it turned out to be one like freezy freaky glove. Um, and what I thought were infinity stones were just like, like the little colors that light up when, when, when it gets cold. Um, so I couldn't quite accomplish my goal. <laughs> you weren't able to like control all the universe, time, space, and everything else in between. I thought I was, but I was like, oh shit, I found the gauntlet. Nope. I found the gauntlet. One freezy freaky. Too bad. If Michael Jackson had the gauntlet, would it like, would the sparkles on the glove outshine the actual stones? That or would the stones overpower the glisten and the and the glitter from the glove? I don't know. That glove was damn shiny. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel like if the stones, he might have had like the stones all the time, and we just didn't see it because of the shininess of the glove. Oh so, my god! I, 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 don't, I don't know. the The only time the, the only time you might have seen it is when, uh, like uh, MC Hammer in the Too Legit to Quit video had like a fake MJ glove. <laughs> you know that that was not shiny and, and, I, and i used to make fun of him when that video came out i said like, how are you gonna have a fake mj with a not non-shiny infinity gauntlet glove man come oh on, my come, god come come on hammer you remember what, what were the was it um damn i forgot like i remember when i was younger and um i used to watch home shopping network with my grandma late at mm -hmm. night um mm -hmm. and they didn't have they didn't have diamonds but it was another. It was cubic zirconias. Yeah, what if yeah, Michael zirconias. Jackson's glisten glisten was full of cubic zirconias? Uh, I think MJ a little too rich, a little too rich to have them cubics. <laughs> like when you've been a star since you were like five, like oh I, I doubt he's ever even seen a cubic. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't even. Know. He's probably like he's like Tremel. He's like Tremel uh, Isaac. He's like he's black diamonds. He's trash ass diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I mean, that's the weird thing is, I mean, he people forget he's basically a child star that just never st stopped becoming famous. Like yeah. he like he's he's he was a child star in Motown and just was famous up until the day he died. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff about normal life that he just has no clue about. You know, yeah. I mean, I love like him. He doesn't I, know I, I, yeah, I think he's the best best entertainer to me, but. I'm pretty sure he has absolutely no clue about anything that a normal person would do. Yeah, it's I, I wonder if that's like one of those things where like I oh god man, like you never been to the store before or something like that? Like you you don't know what it's like to go grocery shopping? Yeah. Like any any of those small things uh that people know about that that we know about that rich people just don't yeah like, yeah no no i i remember like even like um when they were interviewing the the the, the obamas during their last couple of years in the white house they were like yo we just want to like go to the store you know what i'm saying right right or, right 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 or like take a walk you know and it's probably still going to be crazy for them because i believe you get like secret service for the rest of your life or something as a right. as a president so it's not like they would be 100 percent private but it won't be like now we're like we're, we're, we're like they got to clear out the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the bodega up the street like 30 minutes like before like uh, you want to go in and get like a ch like a chopped cheese sandwich you know like uh. oh my god yeah i mean we've seen we've seen the conversation around rich people in the past week has not been good jeff bezos oh, talking about i have billions of dollars and all i can think about is putting rockets in space <laughs> like I don't want to help. I don't want to help the poor. I don't want to help affordable housing. I don't want to help any of that stuff. But it's just like okay, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna just put rockets in space. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it's it's the same criticism on like Elon Musk as well. It's like you know, I mean, as as a NASA fan and physics person, I love the you know what he's trying to do in terms of like space travel and stuff with spacex and and the tesla stuff but at the same time it's like yo like 
Like, <laughs> there's some other stuff that you could be doing with that dough as well. I'm not saying you got to go, go 180 and completely not do any of that other stuff, but, like, it's got to be some balance once you get to astronomical amounts of wealth. Yeah, I, I think you can throw a couple billion at some at some problems and maybe help them go away. <laughs> I'm just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm bugging out. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking too hard. But anyway, um, thank you uh, and 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 uh, Cicero and Tanya for holding down the, the last couple episodes. I know Tanya was was running around doing magical things as she usually does, and you and C held it down for the last episode. So thank you both for that. Tanya and C are not with us today. Uh, they're both doing things. I'm going to say they're on assignment because that makes it sound really official. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I'm our, like, our, like, our foreign Bracago correspondents are out on assignment. Yeah, they're, they're running somewhere getting biscuits thrown at them uh, and <laughs> ducking biscuits like yo i'm, nah, I'm out I, here in, yo, in west I don't, I don't know about you but i'm not ducking a biscuit i'm open, I, i'm i'm opening my mouth straight up like, <laughs> just be over there somebody clip that please i need that in my life <laughs> um but again, thank you uh, to, to everyone in the crew for holding down the fort. Thank you, everybody at home for, for coming through and hanging out with us on this Thursday evening. Uh, we have really dope stuff to talk about on episode 219 of the show. Uh, real quick, how was your week, Reef? Was it good? My week was pretty good, man. This is like, um, you know, like the tutoring business is, is crazy now because it's finals um, and, uh, and a lot of people retaking the ACT exams as well. So. I've been having to um, take sessions during times when I normally don't, which is Friday and Saturday nights, because, you know, and I apologize to all my parents out there that are listening, but, yo, y'all get nuts around finals <laughs> with y'all kids, man. Like, like, so, like, a lot of it is not just, like, you know, just having to schedule a lot of sessions, but a lot of it is just trying to calm parents down that are like i just want the best for my kids and you know, yeah. and blah, blah, you know and and like i know you know i'm not a parent so i don't 100 get it you know like i get it rationally but most of the mm -hmm. conversations i have are straight like emotional consoling of like parents that are like <laughs> having a breakdown because their kids you know even if they're doing well even if they have an a like 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 they don't got an a plus you know what i'm saying oh so, man so yeah it's 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 uh it's an interesting time of year, um, you know, but uh, other than that, I mean, the week's been good. It's just been, I mean, from the gaming perspective, it's pretty much just been God of War. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> what I've been playing when, when I've had a chance to actually play games. It's been God of War. So, yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. It's been pretty much that too like and we you know we have to at some point we need to like actually dig into it and do our own version of a spoiler cast yep. um and actually talk about that in real ways uh it won't be on this episode because we just don't have enough time for it but i think we should dedicate an actual did a, a whole show to like a mini episode uh, yeah. for that alone so people can all get that in uh, again if you have not jumped into our discord you need to do that we've been having some fun conversations over there about infinity ward dropping spoilers all over the place and do it <laughs> having our spoiler conversations about god of war as well so there's a lot of fun conversations happening in our discord uh, you need to be checking us out on social media at spawn on me on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash spawn on me, uh, for the Facebook page. We're on Instagram at spawn, uh, spawn on me podcast. And you need to check out our new merch store over at T public, uh, because we've been doing some dope stuff over there too. Uh, we had a fantastic sale on our open, uh, and we also have some dope stuff, uh, out there and shirt Oops. mug <laughs> shirt. Oh, the mugs came out pretty good. I yeah, like that. Not bad. Mugs, mugs nice good. mugs and everything else there are over there. If you want some cool stuff, I didn't bring the, uh, the phone, the phone case, but they do some really good stuff over there at T public. So give them some love, uh, and definitely check out the store and help us out, you know, buy a shirt, buy a bag sure. with, with someone's face on it. Um, uh, first thing we have going for this episode 219 this week has been really interesting in terms of game news uh, we've seen uh, some information come out about two games that I think a lot of people have been really excited about uh, we saw at least one or two e3s ago I believe we saw uh, the first rumblings of uh, beyond good and evil 2 uh, which was an interesting um, jump back into the into the series uh and then it kind of went dark really fast 
uh, after that showing at uh, the, the UBE three presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, was it one of those things? That, was it one of those games that you kind of wanted to to check out, Reef? I, I don't. I never really had a huge amount of uh, context or, uh, or or experience with Beyond Good and Evil, um, but this new video that they showed this week kind of re-sparked my interest. You know, what, what are some of your thoughts about the game and everything else that, that we've seen of late? Oh, it's absolutely something I was super excited about. Um, I took the appearance last year as more of a teaser, like, hey, we're working on this. So mm-hmm. I didn't really expect to hear much more about it. Um, I think it's a game that I don't want them to rush through, like I want them to take their time with. Um, obviously, Ubisoft is handling so many major franchises at this point that I feel like they shouldn't feel like they have to rush out a game. Like uh, they can kind of do it right, you know. Um, yeah. So, so, so I wasn't too upset with the kind of going dark thing because, like, I was like, all right, this is just a little reminder, a little tease, you know what I'm saying? And like, they don't gotta dig deep, deep into it. And I don't, I don't even expect this E3 to, to really hear a significant amount about it. I think that's going to be more like division two and like, and like all these other kind of big titles that they've talked about. Um, but I will say I am a fan of the first game. Um, and this game, um, with the video that they released, they showed some really cool motion capture, Mm. um, you know, um, and the animation looks like super fluid. Um, and my hope is that that's that kind of, you know, parlays not only through, through like the combat with like with like the little staff that she has but also like the cutscenes. Yeah. um because if there's one thing that not only the first game here but that i feel like a lot of games don't get right here that aren't like a naughty dog game or now after playing like a god of war a, a santa monica game is it's so jarring when they go from the cutscenes to the actual play because yeah. because one is like usually done really well and the other one isn't or even even if the difference isn't that stark it's magnified um d- d- during that time when it transitions between like the cutscene in the gameplay so i'm really hoping that like that like a lot of the animations and like the stuff that i saw in this uh trailer that like was focusing on the combat with the staff i'm really hoping that that is smooth and consistent throughout the whole game. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to well really I'm hoping to get an actual like first taste of the world because I never really played Beyond Good and Evil. Um I know that to a lot of folks it's like a very uh kind of uh groundbreaking game in what it was trying to do in the first game um with storytelling and everything else of kind of, you know, making these big huge worlds that you can explore and checking out and, and having all these kind of intricate systems that are touching each other um, and, um, you know, giving you the ability to affect them and, and kind of play around with them. So it's me being kind of introduced to this game. That's, that's got me really excited for it in the first place. Um, we showed just a little clip of the, uh, the, 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 the trailer. And I don't even know what's the trailer, the, the video that they shared with everybody this week. And yes, I'm loving yeah, it's, it's like not a really a trailer. Preview kind of thing. Yeah, like a game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. It's like a behind the scenes vid doc of you know some of the stuff that they're trying to get right. And I love, I love the the the, the main character, or at least the character that they showed was this black woman. Oh yes, yeah, who was like, who was yeah. kicking massive amounts of ass. It's like they went, no, they went like really deep into the fact that it's like, you know. Frizz, you know, frizzy hair and, and making yeah. sure that the, the, that the aesthetic looks really good. Um, it, I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to be and, and hoping that, um, we get to hear more stuff at E3. If yeah. you hadn't heard, we're all going to E3 this year. Uh, so that means the full Spawn on Me team will be there repping Bracago real hard. So we hope that we'll be able to see, um, I'm hoping one that they show more, more stuff about the game and also hoping that, um, we'll be able to get some more information about the game that we'll be able to bring to you all. Um, anything else from that series or anything from the, the uh, particular video that you saw that stood out that, that you felt was uh, yeah. really interesting? Yeah, I mean, as far as the series, my hope is that they don't try to stick too much to the first game. I mean, the first game was acclaimed, but it came out in 2003, you know? Right. And there's a lot, obviously a lot that's changed in terms of like mechanics and expectations and that kind of stuff in the last 15 years. 
So I'm hoping that like <laughs> right. it is it is like a in the spirit of the first game, but a modern modern game. So like mm. I'm hoping that like they don't try to stick a little too close to like I try to please like the older fans too much because I think that this is a game where you really need to bring in a new audience that you know so so i'm hoping that this game has all the modern conventions that we would expect from a 2018 game and not feel like a a 2003 game like mechanically but with better graphics you know so so i'm really hoping that that they keep that in mind I'm, i'm i'm hoping that we are able to like you said see an evolution from where it started to where it is now and it feels like at least from the videos that we saw that they're definitely trying to at least um, you know, up the up the ante in in various different ways within that game. So, yeah, I'm excited to hear what people in um, both the chat and on Twitter and on the rest of the social media have to say about that game when they actually get a chance to like show a demo or show some more stuff during the big show. Um, the other game that got a lot of love this week in terms of revealer trailers. I don't even want to call it revealer trailer. Reveal <laughs> trailer. Revealer. <laughs> revealer it's like you have your shoulder come off and like yeah. uh um is red dead redemption 2 which i think if you were talking about games that were going to be in the running for game of the year for 2018 2019 i have to i have to say like red dead 2 is going to be in that space i feel like it's got to be in the conversation and this is a crazy thing because no one has even played it yet I know, but i feel like, like people I, have already gotten I hate it there. when people say that like we we I I think it's fair to say that I hope it's in the game of the year running. But we don't know anything about it, man. We don't know shit. Yeah. We don't know shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it's it's one of those interesting interesting games because I was a huge Red Dead One fan, right? Mm-hmm. The first Red Dead game, I felt like Rockstar came out of not nowhere, but they they, they put the like big stage game on the map, the big open world game uh, on the map with that. And even more so than what they did with the Grand Theft Auto games, I felt like this was this foray into this new world. And, you know, uh, they, they, they were the Red Dead was the game that basically started off in my mind, the reasons why you'd want photo modes in games. Right. It was like the huge vistas, the beautiful, the beautiful uh, art, the kind of like, way that they had the flora and fauna kind of like move around the world and be in places and kind of like set the stage for stuff was really interesting. Were you a big Red Dead fan? Was that a game that you really liked? I was not a... Okay, I I, I like the game. I think it's a good game. I was not a as hype as most other people that I knew on it. I felt like this game kind of like... Um, kind of like Bully as well. Like, like a lot of my friends were really hype on Bully. And while I like it and recognize that it's good, I just wasn't personally as deep into it. Um, really, the GTA games are the Rockstar games that I've really delved the most into. Um, mm. And I don't think Red Dead, to, to me at least, like held a candle to the, to the GTA games that were, that were around at the time. But, you know, they were going for a different experience. And I really think you kind of have to like west like just that western flair which i guess i don't love in in a game i I mean i you know i i mean i like west world i guess on hbo um, (laughs) which is kind of that a little bit um but uh yeah it's i am excited for it but i know i've read a lot where People were like Red Dead was like one of my favorite games of that generation, or even one of my mm. favorite games of like all time. And and yeah, it's right. like it just didn't hit me like that to even be close to being a favorite. It's, it's I'm happy that you said that, and it's interesting that you did because I don't like westerns. I have like no love for westerns in that same way that I love like horror or sci-fi or any of that kind of stuff. But it's so bugged out to myself that I like really loved Red Dead 1 and I'm really excited for Red Dead 2 like I haven't really caught up with Westworld like my wife is watching it and I never really like got into it um mm-hmm. I remember we had there was a conversation that folks were having on Twitter about Carnival which was this um 
Oh yeah, uh, right. Yeah. This HBO series that happened in like the the early '90s or so that didn't necessarily have a Western take, but it was one that had um, it was like kind of on the frontier, on the prairie kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was a great that was a great series. And there's another one that's um, there's another series that's out right now. Um, I think it's on Netflix where basically uh, all the women in this town are t- this Western town have taken it over because all the, all the men in the town have died. And oh. um, it's, it's really dope because it's just okay. like this really cool flip on, on how the patriarchy uh, right. is getting its ass kicked by all these women in the, in, in the, in the town. Um, so it's super dope. It's like really funky. Um, but I still don't have like that, that, that like, like vibe for Western stuff. So it's for me, super weird um, to meet for me to really like be excited about being able to ride around on the prairie and like do all that kind of stuff with all those, with all those things. Yeah. And, and like, I think a lot of it, like for me is just, I'm, I find it hard to personally separate sort of the, the racial history of Westerns from from like every time I see that, I just think about it. Like no matter what setting, no matter what like media it is, whether it's a book or it's mm-hmm. a TV show, like it yeah. took me a while to check out Westworld because, because I was like, I don't want to watch some shit about like fucking like Native Americans <laughs> scalping white people and everybody's a savage and there's no black people right. anywhere. Like, like right. that whole thing always turned me off. Like his, like historically now, like Westworld is, proven to be a lot deeper than that so i've yeah. appreciated that but in general yeah like that whole setting it's just hard for me to um get into it with all that stuff kind of running around my uh, mind so i'm hoping that like red dead 2 gives a lot more um complex view of that time period i know that that they're taking place in like a 1911 mm-hmm. um so like you know so like there's a lot of like pre-war stuff and all that um but yeah i'm 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 i'll be really interested to see if the game does have a dialogue about like you know about race and gender and you know and like that kind of stuff that was happening in the early 20th century it'll it'll be interesting because if they don't then i know that like for me i'll just check out yeah shout out to black isis in the chat for for the correction on that uh i was saying that it was kind of this western vibe when she says or i'm sorry when they say i don't want to uh assume your gender um that it was the 30s dust bowl kind of setting so that that, that makes it actually a a huge difference in that way so um thank you for for the correction in the chat um but speaking to what you said about you know westerns and having those those kinds of um uh 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 conversations not really being uh diverse in that way i have that same thing currently about uh about white crime shows mm-hmm. like i can't watch anything that has to do with white crime because i'm triggered <laughs> like what <laughs> white crime is a funny thing though like like do you mean like like blue, white like white people like doing a blue collar crime or like no not like cops, white crime like like, uh, trash like no like w- like white people getting away with shit that i couldn't Oh, okay, gotcha. No, 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 <laughs> like, just white crime. It's just, it just can mean Hashtag white crime. It's, <laughs> stop like, white crime. Stop white crime. Like white collar crime and then blue collar crime. But like like white crime, I call it white crime. It's like, I can't watch stuff like Breaking Bad. Gotcha. Like, like, I can't watch it because I'm just like, this is, this motherfucker should have been caught seven years ago and he's not caught. I don't know why he didn't get caught. It's like, it's and it's, yeah. and it's weird too. So it's like in that conversation of like, things you can watch think versus things you feel like you can't i love mobster movies but mm-hmm. f- stuff that's like breaking bad i feel like i it, like it bothers me and i can't watch it it's okay. human brains are weird and we're all you know hypocrites in lots of ways but yeah um that's that that came to mind when you talked about you know the how westerns kind of how to, how they frame the how they frame the stories around all the things and never really talk about any of the other people who are actually in those spaces too um yeah and and you know i am excited about the game but as with god of war i was like i want to wait to see what people that weren't huge fans of the first one have to say about it like before i really dig into it um and i don't know if they've announced a pc version but if they do i'll probably be waiting for that one anyway um because mm. i know it's launching to the consoles first on like october 
26 if it doesn't get pushed back which it might um but but uh yeah i mean hope i mean hopefully it's like a situation like god of war where i heard from people that weren't huge fans and like i was like hey i gotta check this out and i ended up kind of loving it so hopefully yeah. i have a, a, a similar experience with uh, with a red dead 2 but not holding my breath so the interesting part about that too is like uh, one of the things they've been kind of trickling out information um which is you know what rockstar does really well they'll hit you with like seven thousand trailers before they actually show you <laughs> a gameplay trailer or have have like their own little uh you know behind the scenes gameplay stuff um but there was one black character in the trailer which was interesting it was a, it was a, it was a female a woman i said female what the hell i'm stupid uh it was a woman in the trailer uh, and that was interesting. I didn't expect that, even though I was hoping that that would be, uh, in the game, uh, hoping that there are some black characters in the game. Um, and also I was really curious and hoping that they would show something gameplay wise that wasn't just cutscenes, and hoping that they would show something about multiplayer, but it wasn't there yet. You know what I mean? I feel like it's mm-hmm. still too early to do that work. But yeah, I feel it, like they need to start doing that stuff earlier than later. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think they're taking their time because they know that after the massive success of GTA Online, which I'm sure will continue after Red Dead 2 comes out, like I think that they're under a lot of pressure that they have to almost deliver something that is on par with that, if not better, you know, for yeah. like a Red Dead 2. So who knows? Maybe they'll find some way to mix the two and have some weird like you know, Red Dead GTA mashup or something, or, or, or they're going to have to make, you know, even like more new servers to like create like this persistent online world for like a Red Dead. But they have a lot of expectations on them for, for, for online now after GTA online. Um, yeah. Like for me, I'm like wondering why they're even focusing on online. Cause I'm like, if you deliver a really dope single player game with some DLC and stuff, I'll, uh, like God of War and price it at 60. Yeah. I think that would be fine. I know obviously mm-hmm. since they've made billions and billions off of GTA online, like they're probably like, we want to have like a revenue model, but I'm not sure if Red Dead fits online. Like, like I'm like, they're, they're, they're going to have to be really creative about how, 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 how they use online. I mean, like maybe, maybe it could be like a watch dogs thing where like a people like pop in and out of like your game, you know, and then like and then like you got to take them out you know bandits or like a whatever um you know i i i'm not sure but i i i hope that the online isn't tied too much to the regular game because i feel like you know like this really it's just you can just tell a really great long dope story without having to rely having to rely on the online part yeah Status 210 in the chat uh, shouts out Red Dead 1's multiplayer. I agree. The Red Dead multiplayer at first was really shaky in terms of both network code and uh, being kind of, uh, you know, sparse in terms of things that you could do. Um, Like the game modes weren't that fun and the shooting wasn't that fun. But I think that was the first game in the series where you could like start to do roles to get in and out of cover and stuff. So you could see like... Mm -hmm that game being the the foundation for what we saw in the later Grand Theft Auto games and in, in, in terms of gunplay, in terms of cover, in terms of, you know, the engine uh, getting some love and, and being like the first uh, elevation or, or, or the, the new evolution of that engine that, you know, I'm praying that they, you can tell by the game, the gameplay or the video that they show that it's gotten better. Um, but uh, also shadow in the in the chat talks about the the red dead nightmare dlc that was in there too which was really good like it turned everyone turned everybody into zombies it was super good it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um so i'm 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 hoping that they you know now that they have an, uh, a dedicated audience that wants to play multiplayer rockstar games um the role playing stuff that's going to come out of that game is going to be fantastic i think yeah the role play servers are going to be super dope uh, for Red Dead Redemption. And I want them to, I'm, I'm going to say this out loud, even though I, I kind of believe that they may touch it, even though I don't want them to. 
it would be pretty dope to have a BR game in Red Dead. <laughs> I I don't know if the if the way that, that I don't know if the way that that engine and the way that they have the gunplay stuff is gonna work, but in terms of the map alone is gonna be fun. You have that wild the Wild West setting. You already have the ability to have horses in it. So that would be a funky thing that would that might be cool. Um a lot so many different variations on gameplay that you could do just because the setting is in that western that western theme. So a lot of cool stuff in there. Um before we hit our break, Reef, any any other last bits about uh Red Dead? Uh no, n- not really. Um I I'll, I'll I'll be curious to see what other games try to launch around that October 26th time frame though cuz I know that if this does launch on that date it's going to pretty much consume all the media and all of the attention. So, I'll be curious to like see if like other companies try to change their launch dates to launch either before or like after that in the November and like uh in the December time frame because pretty much, you know, there's a Red Dead and, and then there is like Black Ops I I I I I you know. <laughs> Ah yeah so, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so um yeah it'll it'll it'll, it'll be curious to like see how how, how like, people kind of hop around um you know because I'm pretty sure that both games will be a, a success so we shall yeah. see this holiday season all right cool uh yeah so let us know in the chat let us know online what you think about both Red Dead and Beyond Good and Evil two. Um, I'm sure that folks are really excited about it and want to make sure that they get a chance to check all that stuff out. Um, we're going to hit our break in a second, give some love uh, to some of the folks in our community, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, Spawn Army listeners, this is the crew of the Optional Podcast, coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our podcast is on a mission to highlight more voices of color in games media. We represent those who love the art form but don't fit in with the gamer status quo. So be sure to check us out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. We're not your typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the rest of us. What's good, Internet? This is Austin Walker, a.k.a. Professor Killer, a.k.a. David Foster Flawless, a.k.a. Bars Von Trier. You already know what it is. And since you do, you should also already know that Spawn on Me keeps it real when it comes to games, culture, and holding it down even when the world is on fire. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. Welcome back, everybody, to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 219 of our show. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out during the break, listening to some dope ads for some real cool people uh, that we love in Bricago and want to give and support everybody that we uh, rocks with. Uh, so shout out to those folks. Um, yeah, um, we have... Two more stories before we end out uh, for this particular show. Um, coming back, uh, we we heard some some not great news uh, this week uh, from the folks over at Kotaku. Um, there was the conversation about um, if you've heard of this cat, Total Biscuit. Uh, Total Biscuit has been in the podcasting scene for a very long time. But let's say in the YouTube scene for a very long time. He's kind of become. Uh, or was a, a person who has been super critical about lots of different kinds of games. Um, and he's been doing it for a very long time. He also has a, a podcast called the co-optional podcast uh, that he's been doing for a very long time and has, has amassed many, many followers and many, many uh, listeners to that show. Um, we heard this week, if you haven't been paying attention to um, things that have been going on with him, he has been suffering from cancer for a while. Um, he, uh, was going, I believe into remission for a bit. Um, and there was a story out on, on Kotaku, uh, I believe today, uh, that talked about, uh, total biscuit giving a notice to his fans that basically he doesn't think he has very much longer to, to be with us. Um, we, br- I bring up this story for multiple reasons, uh, this week, uh, because there was a great tweet, uh, by Nick. Uh, Capriz- Caprizoli. I'm. I'm definitely. I botched his. 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 Yeah. Um, his last I, name. I can see the name, but I won't dare try to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally botched his. Botched his name, and I. And I had the tweet with me, but I forgot to actually um, cue it up for the for the stream. Um, the interesting part about about Total Biscuit is for a very long time, 
or at least in the beginning parts or toward the bit of beginning or middle parts of Gamergate, he was a huge proponent of Gamergate. Um, and it's one of the things that when Gamergate was alive and kicking, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being one of the first shows that um, kind of bucked that trend and talked about why it was bullshit and why it was terrible and why you shouldn't support it and why it's garbage as a, as a quote unquote movement. Um, when a lot of the other outlets weren't doing that kind of work, but total biscuit was one of the folks that now, because he's, he's gotten sick. A lot of folks have not been paying attention to the fact that he played a, a fairly decent part in sharing and, and giving that movement some love and giving that movement more life than it deserved. Um, so we wanted to talk about, you know, what does that mean when you kind of have those folks who, um, when you, when you've become ill or when you are in a space where you can't, um, where you're kind of not on the downside of life, but you're, you're kind of being talked about in ways that doesn't fully embrace the full totality of, you know, what you've done in a space. How do you kind of talk about that stuff? Um, and it's, and it's interesting, right? It's like, dude is going to, dude is going to pass away. Uh, but he was also like, not a great human being on the planet when he did that stuff that hurt so many people that we know so many folks that are just in the industry alone, so many folks that left the industry. Um, and you know, we, as a, we, as a show try to definitely make sure that we use our platform for good and at least for reasonable things, um, you know, that kind of talk to our mission statement and kind of talk to us as individuals. Um, but I feel like the nuances is, is, is kind of left on the table when folks do dirt, um, but then they, you know, they fall ill uh, and people are like, you know, don't, don't speak, speak badly of the ill. I feel like you, we're not speaking badly of, of, of total biscuit. We're just telling the truth about what he did. Um, what, what are your thoughts about, about that kind of, you know, the situation with total biscuit, you know, did you really um, either consume any of his work or, you know, talk, see any of the stuff that he did? Uh, I mean, I wasn't a regular consumer of his work. I was really brought attention when he started speaking out for Gamergate. Um, And, you know, I listened to this long interview he did with Stephen, like, Totillo, talking about ethics in game journalism, where I thought that Total Biscuit came off really badly in that and the other things that I read. So. Yeah. You know, you usually when I see people like that, I just check out. Like I'm, I'm like I don't need to dig in anymore. Like I see what the deal is. Um, so I was never really a fan of his, but I'm always able to separate that from like the humanity of someone. Yeah. yeah. So like you know when you know people pass away, like politicians or stars or whatever. If it's somebody that I think did something like a really bad, I'm not the type that's like, well, fuck that person. I'm, I'm glad they're dead or like something like that. You know, I mm-hmm. I might not say anything positive about them, but I'm not going to say anything negative about them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, I feel like, you know, it's 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 awful what he's going through. I mean, I, you know, I just had very, someone very close to me pass away from like cancer just a couple of months ago. You know, um, and uh, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible disease, you know, that just wrecks families and all kind of stuff. So I'm definitely not going to be on some like, you know, saying that that's anything but fucked up, no matter what kind of person that like uh, that like he is. But him going through that is not going to make me say anything positive about it. I'm just going to stay neutral. Like, I'm just like like i'm definitely gonna say fuck cancer because fuck cancer forever um right. you know but even if he was a great person uh, it, it would be the same fucked upness that that is like going on so um i don't know i i always tell that line like i'm i'm not gonna trash somebody that passed away especially like as soon as they pass away you know like like i'll trash their policies i'll trash statements they made i'll trash all that stuff but you know, but yeah, I I do believe in the you know I don't speak ill of the of the humanity of someone that has passed. Um, but I know a lot of people don't don't agree with that. Um, yeah, it's just it's just my personal stance on it. Yeah, I I feel like when when we were figuring out what we wanted to talk about when it came to this particular topic for this week, 
um, I kind of like went through Nick's, you know, tweets and people were, you know, of course talking shit. Cause there were a lot of people who stand for total biscuit and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I remember having not run-ins with him on the internet because I got blocked by him because I was talking about Gamergate and how it was shitty when it was at its full tilt. And it, it's one of those, it's one of those like weird things where we, as people who are doing, you know, we, we are, and it's, it's always weird to say this out loud, but like we're media in terms of, you know, what we cover, we cover news, we cover opinion, we cover, you know, uh, you know, all the other kind of in between things when it comes to our gaming coverage and, you know, total biscuit for whatever it's worth in the game space for as toxic as he was about certain things and his attitude towards criticism, uh, which was super terse and not very friendly in a lot of ways. Um, he amassed a, a, a really big followership, a, a followership and people, you know, felt like he had an important voice in the space or feel like they feel like he has an important uh, voice in voice in the space. I want to talk about him in the, in the past since he's still here. Um, but I feel like, if we're doing our job correctly, as Nick talked about in his, in his Twitter feed as well, is like, we have to tell the truth, right? We saw what mm-hmm. happened with Michelle Wolf at the, the White House uh, correspondence dinner and people were mad about how Sarah Sanders got the business for Michelle, Wil- Michelle Wolf telling the truth, right? And I'm like, right. if we're not doing anything for our listeners, for our community, we have to continue to do that work um, so it doesn't cloud you know, however big we get or however, you know, cool stuff that we get to do, it means more to me and to us, I feel like as a crew to be able to give the whole kind of 360 picture of who the people are that we talk about, deal with in the industry and, you know, sometimes have to rub elbows with. Um, So sometimes that makes it kind of uncomfortable for everybody involved. Um, And, you know, as a person who is getting more and more tired of like call out culture in a lot of ways, um, there's a difference between call out culture and telling the truth in some ways. And I feel like this is, you know, we're trying to figure out what that balance is when it comes to people who are, you know, probably very, very close to not being with us anymore. Um, I only thing that I can hope for him is that at some point, and it sounds like he, he, I don't know how you soften on Gamergate <laughs> as a platform or like as a, as a conversation. Yeah. But it feels like the conversation around him and where he landed afterward was that he still seemed to kind of connect with those folks in terms of the like journalistic uh, uh, kind of facade that they put up. Um, But it feels like supposedly from the folks that pay attention to his work that he's, he's no longer kind of touting those lines. So all you could do is hope that people will learn from, from what they've done. Um, cause I wouldn't say you learned from a mistake cause you, you, you're smart enough to have done the research to like jump into that boat. Um, but I, all I can do is hope that his family, uh, and he, when he passes, he has some, some comfort cause I've lost people. I know a whole bunch of people who have lost people and cancer is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, and I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, yeah. but I want people to be able to continue to look at human beings as 360 degree entities. And if we don't do that, then we're not really doing our job as news tellers and truth tellers. So, um, word, uh, you know, let us know what, what everybody thinks about that stuff. I'm sure people have very, very strong opinions about total biscuit and his work and, and his, his, uh, his attachment to Gamergate and all those things. Um, last story before we get up out of here. Uh, we have talked a lot about the NBA 2k league. Uh, since it was announced uh, back last, was it last year? I think it was last year, like yeah. late last year. Um, we've had fantastic people on the show about it. You know, shout out to the czar, shout out to, to Scott OG, shout out to uh, Chris Manning, uh, formerly of 2K, uh, to talk about the wonderful stuff that's coming up with the league. And now the draft has happened. Uh, we had a great show with Latoya Peterson about that. Now the actual league has started. It started a couple days ago. It started, I believe, on Monday. Uh, they had this kind of round-robin tournament. And now it's in full swing. And let me say, as a person who was really skeptical about what this thing was going to be once it was out in the wild, 
I'm actually fairly impressed with what I've seen. Uh, Reese, have you had a chance to check out any of the 2K League games already and, and, and get a, yep. a little little taste of it? What, what are your thoughts about how 2K League has kind of turned out so far? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm subscribed to the Twitch channel, so I get you know like the, like the notifications when like people are like going up. Um, I think it's having a good start. I mean, I, I I think they definitely have their challenges to remain like solvent, I guess. Uh, well, not solvent in terms of payment, but in terms of keep keeping people's interest. Um, I you know I obviously the like the professionalism, the commentating. The production values are all great. You know, that's, that's all great stuff, you know, but I think that when it comes to the players, I still don't feel that like connection to the actual players that are playing these, these, like these, the like virtual folks. Now I can go and I can read about them, but I feel like while I'm watching in the game, that's the one thing that I don't feel like they're building those stories well enough. Right, Um, right, right. And I think that, you know, the way that, like, I see other E-Leagues get across this is because most of the time the players that they have have been playing in, like, other leagues, you know, and they already have, like, rivalries and uh, things like that. And I'm pretty sure that those exist somewhat in uh, in the 2K League. I haven't seen them really put first and, like, uh, foremost, though. Yeah. Um, so, so, like, you know, I... I think that it has a, a great start. I just think that they have some ways to go to actually, you know, build those stories behind the actual players. Yeah. One of the, one of the, so there's a lot of different aspects to what 2K League currently is offering to folks. And one of the first things that I kind of look at when it comes to what this is trying to be as opposed to what other things like Overwatch League is trying to do and Dota and kind of ones who have already been established is that the game of basketball is such a different animal because of, you know, all the, the, the parts of the history, the parts of, you know, players you grew up with, uh, 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 you know, hometown feel like people are homers when it comes to like, Mm -hmm. you know, where they grew up and, you know, I'm still, I'm living in Portland now, but I'm still a Knicks fan at heart. Um, you know, shout out to them getting a new coach today. Um, but Fizdale, what up? Fizdale. Um, but it's one of those weird things where 2K League has such an interesting hill to climb because, like you said, they haven't done a good job of making you care about the people yet. The league is so new that it doesn't have any history. The way that the actual video game itself uh, visually comes across is very different than an NBA game. So... You know, like presentation wise, I was worried about it because I was like during the draft, it was a little bit shaky. They had the one guy who was doing the um, kind of like not play by play, but he was doing the commentary and he was nervous as hell. And you could tell he was kind of shitting bricks and didn't know what was going <laughs> on yet. And he could but but like he right now has like fallen into a good space. And then they gave him a, a, a partner to work off of, which has been really good. You can tell that they have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. The most most interesting part about some of this, the, the presentation of some of the, the broadcasts that I've seen has been the play by play and, and, you know, quote unquote, the straight man, um, uh, during the games when they've been actually doing commentary, those folks have been fantastic. Like those mm-hmm. two cats have been really, really good. I forgot to get their names. Um, but they have been really, really good, uh, in terms of getting all that stuff together. Um, but the gameplay on the court, that's the problem right now. <laughs> like okay. that's that interestingly enough is the problem. Um, I was tweeting about this last night or the day before. And I was like, the thing that they have to try to figure out to get across is basketball as a game has this aspirational bit where um, when we were growing up and even now there are players that you're like, man, I wish that I could do what Steph Curry can do, man. I wish I could do what James Harden can do. Like get his beard. So fluffy, like his beard is so fluffy. It's amazing. But when it comes to video basketball and digital basketball, I don't look at any of the people who are there and I'm like, I want to be like one Walnut. Like, I don't want to be like dubs. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like any of these cats because I can literally do everything that they're doing. So you don't think that their skill is like astronomically higher than the than the sort of no no like like that's, that's the part that's the part currently that I'm having the most trouble with, and it's it's this interesting disconnect because it's like there isn't enough stuff that they are doing, and there's multiple reasons why this is the case. One, it's like the game has actual limitations to how good you can be. Um, and it doesn't necessarily translate well from what you can do on the sticks that is actually pretty intricate and actually shows off not athleticism, but like stick skills and things like that. Like you have to have a depth knowledge and you have to have a knowledge base. That's like, I know how to make these moves happen when I want to. It's more akin to a fighting game than anything else, but you never see people's hands when they're using, when they're playing fighting games, right? You just see right. the screen. Um, so it doesn't translate well into, well, these people are doing something that I can't do. Then you just have like the game itself just like playing yeah. itself out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I agree. If, if the only way an e-league can survive is if the players are doing incredible things. I mean, when I watch right. Overwatch or League or StarCraft, like I'm like, how did they do that? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so I, so I mean, I didn't feel as strongly about it with 2k as you did i mean i watched them and i thought they were really good players yeah um but you're right like if 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 there's a significant amount of like people that like feel like you where they don't feel like you're watching a skilled player that's deserves to be paid for what they're doing then yeah then like that's gonna tank the interest right off the bat yeah it's it was it's i was watching it uh today at work and uh there are just so many small things that if you if you are a dedicated 2K player, if you've been playing that game for a very long time, you see all the small things within that game that you're like, well, that was the game. That wasn't the player. Mm-hmm. The game the game allowed for that particular thing to happen. Or you're like, oh, this is a limitation of that particular game uh, uh, in both like animation or with... Um, you know, defenses have to play a certain kind of uh, uh, um, distance away because the game compensates for more people being able to blow past you. So mm-hmm. they have an interesting uh, uh, conundrum to get past because of the limitations of the actual engine of the game. Then you have to then try to make the stuff that people are doing look cool, but there is no in-between game. Like when Steph Curry does amazing shit, Steph Curry's doing amazing shit physically. You know what I mean? He's like using his athleticism to do a thing that is very, very specific to what that game will allow him to do. There are so many limitations on the in the 2K game that I feel like it's going to wind up being a problem in the actual build of the game that they're playing in terms of on the stream. And then later on, when 2K19 comes out, you know, there's going to there's going to hopefully be some parity there and we don't know how that's going to look. So at some point, 2K, the 2K League is going to be behind the actual game or vice versa. The actual like retail game. You know what I mean? Well, it'll, it'll, end in, it'll end in August. So the new game won't be out until, until then. Yeah, but I mean, I, my expectation is they'll be able to deal with that. I mean, every esports game deals with that. Like, they're, like, 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 like there's a professional build and a retail build. And like uh, a lot of times the changes in the retail don't always go over to the professional at the same time because the pros want it a certain specific way. So I, I, I have faith that as long as they have the right people running this league that hopefully mm-hmm. either have some experience in other e-leagues or are paying attention to what those GMs and stuff are like doing, yeah. you know, that, that like they're able to um, do that. My, my hope is that that happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, you know, a month from now. Uh, to see, you know, how either the presentation kind of boosts itself up or the gameplay itself kind of, kind of gets better. Um, mm-hmm. but right now it's, it's a little bit sloppy and I doubt it's, I, I don't think it's nerves. I think it's just people seeing the holes that the game will allow and they're exploiting those things, uh, amongst the, the, the other teams. Um, also a thing I didn't know, uh, until watching the game this week. So the, 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 the stage is set. Uh, the actual like physical location where they play the game is in New York. 
but everybody else has to travel to New York to get there. So like the Portland team will go home to Portland, practice up, do what they have to do. Then they have to fly back to, to New York to go play those games. That's bugged out. Like I get it. I thought they were traveling with the teams and they were playing like at the home of the team. I thought that they were going to do that too. Like it would be like, you know, one team would go to the other country, you know, the other country, the other state and go play stuff there. I don't know how that's actually going to work. Cause I think all the setup is going to be for that New York, New York location. And there's a couple other things that are, that are in there for people to, to, to kind of poke at. Like we don't know what the levels of the characters are going to be. You know, talking to, to, to what you talked about a little bit earlier about name recognition and that kind of stuff. Characters don't look exactly like the people who are playing them. There's like one dude, this, this is a real skinny young black kid who's playing on one of the teams. He looks like a, a, a seven foot grandpa with like, a, <laughs> with like gray hair and like a gray goatee and all that stuff. I'm like, you can't market that. Like, how do you market that <laughs> as a thing that you do? So like, these yeah. are, these are going to be some of the things I think that they're all going to be talking about in the next couple of, you know, months and weeks uh, to see, you know, year two, uh, what 2K League looks like. But there were some fun games that got played. Uh, There is a huge skill gap right now currently between the good teams and the bad teams, even though they're all pros. Um, And it'll be interesting to see how that kind of moves forward uh, in the next couple months and stuff. Also, real quick, uh, I was I was worried about them just being exclusive to Twitch uh, because I felt like it was... uh, um, not going to showcase the game well and also like, uh, you know, uh, keep them kind of from being able to get a bigger audience to be able to be seen. I think they had some games that are going to be on local TV stations that covered their sports teams, but seeing the gameplay itself, I'm kind of happy. They're just on Twitch. I don't think it's ready to be shared. out with I don't think it's ready. I don't think it's ready for prime time for everybody to, 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 to get behind it yet. So I, I was going to okay. write a piece about why I think that was a bad move, but now I think it's actually pretty smart. I don't know. I mean, I feel like with the NBA behind it, they kind of got to go big. Like the NBA doesn't start – like if you – like I feel like the NBA doesn't start humble. Like they start with all the marketing, all the money, all that stuff. Right. I feel like if they don't start on TV, that could psychologically make people think there's something wrong with it. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway – Enough of my 2K business up in there. Uh, you know, thank you, everybody, for suffering through that. If you're not a sports fan, you're like, shut up, Conleaf. I don't want to hear that crap. But uh, we do thank you all for hanging out with us this week and every week. Uh, see, I'm going to see. Oh, God, I said C because I always call C oh, to do man. social media business. Let's ah, see. All the blacks look alike to me. I'm sorry. Uh, Reef, can you do the <laughs> social media business for us, please? Sure. Uh, so, spawnon.me is, is the website. Catch all of our old shows profiles all that good stuff on there uh hit us up on twitter at spawn on me or facebook uh which is also spawn on me is the username there as well um um as i kind of said we we have like a new t public store so if you want to get some merch um get get some mugs some shirts some iphone cases android phone cases all that good stuff um make sure to head at to our t public which is also under spawn on me as well um, if you are listening to the audio show, which drops on Tuesdays, make sure you check our live recording Thursdays, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, um, where we record the uh, show. And, and you can hop in the chat and have all kind of fun discussions about Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Um, <laughs> and if you want to go above and beyond with your support, uh, make sure to go to patreon.com slash me as well. Um, not only can you donate to... Help us get to conventions, get new equipment, all that good stuff. But you can also gain gain access to our two other b- bonus podcasts, Born on Me After Dark and the Bricago Beltway, our political show. And we did release a uh, sort of a, a free taste edition of uh, Born on Me After Dark on the Patreon site. So you don't have to be a subscriber to access the latest episode. So if like you want to get a hint as to what kind of madness that we do on that show, which is not video game like like related, then you can check that out. Um, that's what we got. Word. Thank you again, everybody in Bricago. We love you all. Thank you for checking out our show this week and every week. And until next week, we will say peace. Peace, y'all.
Thank <laughs> you.